Welcome to the Live Lucky Podcast, where we discuss the lucky strategies that bridge the gap between who you are and who you want to be. I'm your host, Blake Suzellis. Get ready to face the worst of yourself, shift your perspectives, deepen your love, and broaden your wisdom to live and lead others in a lucky life. Thanks for tuning back in to the Live Lucky Podcast, everyone. Uh, today's kind of an interesting day. Um, so this past week is my birthday, and I've been doing a lot of reflection uh, this past week. In uh, Just in this past year, a lot of things have changed. And uh, not only that, last episode we had Glenn on sharing a little bit about his, his journey, his story, and I thought, you know what, it might be interesting to share my own story. It's It's been a... it, it feels unique, um, but this is also the place where I think story is something where everybody can meet at the same level. You know, we are all going to experience pain and suffering and hurt and heartache and joy and excitement. And I mean, we're going to experience all those different emotions and stories communicate how we do that. Um, so I'm going to attempt to just share a little piece of my story here to um, give you also a glimpse of more of who I am and where I'm at in life. Um, but I'm going to start all the way at the beginning real quick here. Uh, so I was born in 1980, um, but I was also born with a birth defect called gastroschisis. Um, that's where your small intestines are on the outside of your stomach when you're born. And so they formed outside of my abdomen in utero. Um, so as part of that, I've always felt like living through that experience has given me the sense that I have a purpose in life. Because just recently, when, in last year, I found out I'm one of the oldest survivors of this particular birth defect in the country. Now, I know that nowadays... Kids are not having any issues getting through that process, but back then there wasn't a process yet. And so anyway, uh, that's kind of how my story started. So my daughter had a friend over just yesterday, and she was, I can't even remember how it came up, but she said, you know, my dad doesn't have a belly button. And, and uh, it was just this really f funny reaction from her friend, and um but that's that's part of the gastroschisis from 1980. You did, they cut your whole abdomen open, and so I never had a belly button. Um, but anyway, uh, so that kind of is how my story started off. Kind of grew up uh, middle child of, of five kids um, to parents who have farm, you know, country living, and... Uh, kind of grew up, I, I would say, and I think most people would say, I had a pretty normal life, and that's because we normalize, normalize our childhoods regardless of what we actually experienced. Um, but I had a relatively normal life, you know, and I think that there's a lot that I can gain from that uh, as I've reflected on that growing up and the different strategies I learned and uh, that I created at that very young age. Um but then in 2001, you know, 20 years old, um, my oldest son was born. And this, 
being being raised Catholic, this was not something that was well taken in, in a lot of ways because it was before my wife and I were married. Um, so my oldest son was three months old at our wedding, uh, but uh, that's kind of how then the marriage started off. Uh, about nine years later, um, you know, and actually we had five kids together, so uh, at this point our oldest is 21 and our youngest is 12, uh, so this is quite a bit, quite a long time ago, it feels like at least. Um, but 2010 is kind of the year that changed everything, you know. Uh, that's when I went back for my, m- to get my master's degree in professional counseling. Um, and so I was going to Liberty University online. And it's so funny, the first, I think it was the first two months I was in class there. And I remember. I told you that I was uh, running our health food, family health food store and, and working in the alternative clinic and things like that. And I remember going through some of my coursework and pulling my mom aside and saying, hey, I think I'm supposed to create this new psychology theory. And, you know, I am so green. You know, I am just a couple months into this program of becoming, you know, and, and with zero history of counseling, never even considered it as an option uh, in terms of profession. Uh, even growing up, even if I needed counseling, it was I didn't see it as an option. Um, but it was really funny because as I shared that with my mom, we both kind of laughed, you know, because it's just like we both knew like I was so green. Uh, so from there, uh, I, I started my private practice in 2013 and worked in Ohio in that private practice for f- a few years. And then in 2016, the mountains called, and my wife and I um, moved all the way across the country to Washington State and lived in Wenatchee, Washington. As part of that move, I started my Ph.D. at Saybrook University uh, studying mind-body medicine. And so um, that was a really fun, unique journey, and and truly, I'm actually still on that path, and and I'll kind of get to that. Um, but in the uh, the following year, in 2017, I was taking a coaching course, and first of all, I was just like, I do not need to take a coaching course. I'm already a licensed therapist. Like this is ridiculous. Why do I have to take this as part of my curriculum? And they just said, you know what? just try it out. Most people enjoy it. And uh, I can't tell you, but it actually changed my life (laughs) in a big way. During the coaching process, uh, I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and write a book. I think this is what I need to do as part of my coaching. And so you guys out there know this as the gift of luck. In 2017, I didn't really know what it was going to be, but um, my whole plan was to change the world. It was a question I asked myself, like, how can I use this life for the greatest good and to make the greatest impact for good? And that was my answer. I was like, okay, one-on-one counseling, you know, it really does help and it changes not just an individual, but can influence families and friends, and it definitely has a ripple effect. So that's one thing you can take away is you change yourself, you do change a lot of people. Um, 
But as part of that process, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so, but anyway, that was like a two-year kind of a process. And in 2019 is when I finally published The Gift of Luck on Amazon.com. And it's so funny because that is when I reflected and that memory popped up in my brain about wanting to create or thinking I'm supposed to create a new psychology theory. Didn't even recognize it until nine years later when I had already published the book and the Gift of Luck uh, model, the 10 Stages to Deep and Lasting Change, which essentially is a new psychology theory, which is just so funny. Um, So that kind of happened in spring Uh, February of 2019. In August of 2019 was actually starting my decline. And what I mean by that is my wife and I decided, okay, we had wanted to for a while foster and become foster parents. And so in uh, that that summer, we decided that, okay, we want to do this full go. And as part of that process, we had to get physicals. So in August, I went and I got my physical, and you know, I'm not feeling amazing. I knew that the birth defect, there were some issues going on and uh, in my gut, and it was affecting different other parts of my body and stuff. And so I knew, but um, I didn't realize h- how much I wasn't doing well. So in 2019 in August is when I went and got a physical, and they're like, huh, yeah, we're going to send you to some specialists. And I was like, okay. So anyway, so that started my my journey to physical healing. Um, and then, of course, in 2020, the pandemic started. You know, and, and in about March, I, I was back in private practice at that point in Wenatchee. And everything went virtual, which was the biggest blessing uh, that... I, I wouldn't be able to be where I am here speaking to you unless that would have, unless that have happened, uh, at least the way that I'm seeing it from my very limited perception, because that allowed me to be able to move freely. Because um, right now I'm actually reaching, speaking to you guys from North Carolina, where we're living now, and going virtual was what allowed for that. So during this whole 2019-2020, even into uh, the end of 2020, you know, we knew my health was declining and I needed help. I wasn't really getting the care I needed at that time in Wenatchee. So um, my wife and I, I don't know how else to say this, but we had this knowing that we needed to move, and uh, over months and months of searching and and everything, one night um, this picture of North Carolina popped up. On, in, in we were looking at a home, and we talked about it a little bit, and then the next morning she woke up and she's like, "We're moving to North Carolina, aren't we?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think we are," and it was just this peace beyond understanding that that only that knowing brings. Um, and we didn't even know why exactly. We knew it was probably for my health journey. And so that was in about February of 2021. As part of that then, uh, we started planning to sell the house in, in Wenatchee, getting that together and ready. And um, 
all these little kind of breadcrumbs were telling us and confirming and validating that reason why we were going to move to North Carolina. Part of that was there's a, a when it comes to digestive issues, I didn't realize this at the time that we made the choice to come to North Carolina, but Raleigh has a really amazing center for working with digestive care. And that is actually, and you cannot get into that particular program without living in state. We didn't know that, again, at the time that we knew we had to come to North Carolina. But that was something that we did come to know once we moved here. And then six weeks later after I moved here, uh, we were told uh, when I went to visit the surgeon, he's, it was the first time we had met, and he's like, okay, you're sick. We need to get you surgery. I mean, like, this is not something that can wait. At that point, I, well, I'm one. And, you know, I've been about 155, 160 my whole life, you know, since high school, we'll say. And so relatively, you know, normal height and, and weight. At the time that I saw him, um, I was down to about 130 pounds. And so obviously I was not doing well. And uh, so he basically says, okay, I do surgery on Tuesdays and Fridays. And um, so we, we had go, went ahead and planned that. And um, at that time, that was last August, uh, which was also my wife and I, our 20th anniversary. And we decided, okay, we wanted to go to Cancun, Mexico to, you know, just to celebrate just the two of us, you know, kind of chilling out. And this really special time turned out to be really difficult. Uh, half the second half of the trip, um, I had to have a wheelchair to get around. Like my wife had to push me around in a wheelchair in Cancun in this supposed to be amazing vacation. Um, I can't, can't tell you the the feeling I had when I had to sign for the wheelchair. I just remember just just sitting there crying in front of the guy, thinking, this is where I'm at. This is what I've come to. Um, and I think, you know, leading up to this, it was these feelings of, okay, I'm, I'm kind of had being forced to face my own mortality. I mean, in a very real way, two of my friends saw me that summer, and both of them later, months later, shared with me, they didn't think they'd see me again. Um, so, just I'm just trying to communicate. I was definitely in a pretty bad place. Um, so last August, on my 41st birthday, I had surgery. And that was my birthday present to myself. Um, didn't realize how amazing that birthday present was going to be. Um, but at the same time, like I had, they, they expected just to go in and have like maybe an hour, hour and a half surgery. They're going to do some things, cut some things, snip and cut, and uh, that's not how it turned out. Once they got in there, the surgeon realized, we've got to cut him completely open. So they uh, recut open my entire abdomen, uh, ended up having 26 staples. Um, so it was a, a very major surgery. And so when I woke up, I remember the first two days kind of being out of it. Um, 
part of part of it was the medication they were giving me, and we did switch it, so I did become a little bit more cognizant. Um, but I remember asking my wife over and over, "Tell me again what happened. I I don't understand because I was in such pain and." I didn't know why they had cut my whole stomach open. and So anyway, after a few days, I had kind of come to really understanding what was going on in my life and what this new path was going to bring me. And uh, so the healing process that I thought was going to be just a few weeks, um, here we are a year later, and I can still feel that I'm in the healing process, if that tells you anything. It wasn't until probably January where um, I could really start walking more freely and things like that. I, I committed to walking in October, which was a couple months after the surgery. But, um, I mean, there was a lot of pain, a lot of healing, and I went into a pretty dark place mentally. Um, it, you know, pain can do that to people, and, of course, we don't want to stay there, and there is a way through it, uh, but at the same time, like, it's real, you know. Um, and now, all of this is going on physically, emotionally, relationally in my life. And, of course, this puts a strain on all the relationships in my family, too, because I can't do much, you know. I put a lot of weight on my wife, and, I, I mean, I can't tell you how thankful I am that she stood by me through that whole process. I, I don't know what I would have done. Um but I had also promised through all of this, uh, since publishing the book in 2019, I was creating a program that would go with the book. And uh, I already had promised this group of people that I was going to start this program six weeks after the surgery, which I did. But uh, for anybody who does start the Live Lucky program, even uh, just the basic where it's, you know, you do yourself study, uh, you'll notice, you know, at the beginning, there is this bodily progression. Physically, I'm pretty weak at the beginning. You can tell in my voice and my body that I'm still in pain. And then you see the, this physical growth and healing in me. And I, I love that it's such a parallel to everybody who's going through the program as they're learning and healing and growing more of their emotional and mental and relational aspects, some of them physical, um, but at the same time, there was this parallel going on. And even for me at that time, there was not just a physical parallel, but there was also, again, like I said, a very uh, mental and emotional piece to my parallel journey of theirs. You know, I was recording every week um, these videos for everybody, uh, creating the content for the workbook. And so trying to keep up with that while going through all this. And then at some point I had to start working again. Um, and there was a lot of people who helped me out. So thank you guys so much for all of your support, love, uh, even financial support during that time because I don't know what we would have done. But um, so, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh but at the same time, um, I was growing emotionally and mentally parallel in, in this journey. So with the book I had written, like I said, published, written, started writing in 2017, published in 2019. 
this content, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just saying the same things that were in the book. I wanted it to be deeper and wider. And so I had to dig deeper and wider within myself to understand the material that I even wrote. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I kind of co-created it. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but so I'm going through this whole parallel journey myself while all this is going on. And then in July of this year, a couple months ago, I was just kind of doing my morning walk and meditation, and everything just kind of clicked. And I ended up creating this Live Lucky model, uh, not in terms of just the 10 stages to deep and lasting change, uh, but so much more than that. It incorporates everything uh, in an even more meaningful way of how to change your life. Um, and so it was just something that it's been so interesting as I'm guiding through people in this first journey through the Live Lucky program. I also had this parallel journey. and um, But at this point, uh, this is now, like I said, a year after my surgery. And just reflecting on who I was a year ago. But not only that, how much growth has happened, how much healing has happened in just one year. I mean, I had to dedicate a whole year to healing on all levels. And, um, but holy smokes, I don't even feel like the same person as I was a year ago. And in so many ways, I'm not. Um, but physically, like I'm not taking any medication other than a thyroid pill. Like, I'm off almost all of those things that I had to take to get me through all of this. Um, <laughs> I didn't even tell you guys. Actually, on my drive to the hospital last summer to get surgery, my primary care doctor called me and said, Well, I've got some bad news, and uh, you've got chronic lymphatic leukemia. And so that was a whole nother level and layer to this whole story that I kind of left out. Sorry about that. But uh, at this point, even that is really stable. And um, I'm just going to put it out there now. You know, I know I have this inner knowing. I'm going to be around for a long time. So uh, we can do some great things together, all of us. And that's kind of my plan moving forward is just to continue this journey of, you know, answering that question of how can I use this life to create the greatest impact for good. Um, and right now, that is that Live Lucky basic, which is that self-guided therapy of just following a book and a workbook and uh, weekly videos that guide you through your change process to get you from who you are to who you want to be. Um, and then we'll just kind of keep going and keep working. There's so much more to do, and uh, this is such... <sighs> I feel so grateful. just feel so grateful to, to be where I am with the physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, relational healing, all those different layers uh, that have happened. Um, and so anyway, that is at least... A snapshot of, of where I'm at right here, right now. Uh, of course, there's a lot more to the story that's going to come. Um, it makes me think about Hamilton. I don't know if you guys have seen that or heard that musical 
but uh, it's such great music, and uh, he has this part at the beginning of of this of the journey, his journey, just saying, you know, there's so many things that I haven't done yet, but just you wait, just you wait, it's coming, and Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton did so much. Uh, in his journey. So anyway, I, I, I guess I am kind of plugging that, that musical. Um, but anyway, that's kind of how I feel like right now. We're just at this precipice of, of the beginning of a journey, not an end of a journey. And so um, I'm very grateful for that. And, and thank you guys so much for, for listening to my story. Um, and I hope that in some way I could meet you on that human level where we all experience those emotions and in, in different ways, in different experiences, but recognizing we do all have that humanness we can meet each other at. Um, and I'll just invite you into that. All right, guys, have a great week. Thank you for listening to my story, and um, we'll see you next time. <laughs>